Episode of the Remnant Call. I'm glad to be back. I apologize for missing last week. I had gotten uh, under the weather and sick, and um, it was pretty rough. But praise God, uh, bless the Lord, and back on my feet again, and um, uh, back at work and everything, and, and just being glad to be alive right now, folks. I'm excited tonight because Brother Benjamin is coming on with us, and uh, I know this is the time of the the holidays, the Christmas and all that. But there for those of us also who recognize and understand John chapter 10 and the in the feast of dedication, this is also a time that Jesus spoke about in the way to dedicate ourselves in the feast of Hanukkah. And um I wanted to read a verse as we start out here tonight. I'm going to bring Brother Benjamin on and we're going to pray here pray here. And this is in first Kings uh, chapter eight and starting in verse 63 here. And, and Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offering, which he offered unto the Lord two and 20,000 oxen and a 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the children of Israel Hanukkah or dedicated uh, to the house of the Lord. Folks, I believe the Lord is calling us to a season of dedication. And that's what Hanukkah means, to dedicate ourselves. And as we see here in the Old Testament, how Solomon dedicated the house of the Lord, we know now that our body is the temple of the living God. And we are to dedicate ourselves to him because God dwells in holiness. He doesn't dwell in the flesh. He dwells in holiness, and he desires us to dedicate ourselves in this time the fifth day of Hanukkah that we are at right now, um, God is calling us right now to dedicate. And so with that, I'm going to bring on Brother Benjamin with us tonight. Brother, are you there? Shalom, Frank. Shalom, brother. I am so glad you're here uh, in this time of the Festival of Lights. And uh, well, if we ever needed a bright light right now in the Lord shining, this would be the moment as the darkness has truly covered the face of the earth. Amen. Yeah, Brother, I'm going to ask um, tonight, we, if you would open us up in a season of prayer as we get started, um, being this is the time of Hanukkah, and uh, that you would just ask God to bless us as we move forward tonight. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you that this is a solemn season. Thank you that you're rebuilding your house. This time a temple made without hands. Amen. Lord, thank you that in the third day it shall be per perfected. Thank you, Lord, that a remnant shall be protected while your anointed ones are perfected in the fire that is coming. Thank you that you've opened the eyes of many. We see the lateness of the hour. Lord, we are preparing our hearts and our homes for the visitation of the King. You will arise and shake terribly the nations. Sound and the alarm of war will soon be heard in the land. 
fear will cover this planet. But in the homes of the remnant that you have prepared for this hour, your peace and your anointing will settle. Will come upon us like the waters of the ocean cover the earth. So your hand of peace and safety will cover your chosen ones. And Lord, we will sleep. We will lay down and we will rest in those days and our sleep will be sweet and we will awaken refreshed to the new day that you have begun. Mm. The day that you've looked forward to for 2,000 years, Lord. The third day has finally come. We bless Amen. you. Amen. Lord, let your word of truth come forth in this hour. In Jesus. Amen. 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 Brother, glad to have you here. We've been talking a lot lately about signs, um, off air, on air. Um, I think the Lord is trying to signal from the heavens that the time has come, brother. Well, let me ask you, can you like load up some PDF links? Um, Absolutely. Just send them to me. I'll, I'll link them on there. Could I put up a PDF or do you need an internet website link? No, no, but just send it to me. I'll create the links, brother. Okay. Cause mm -hmm. I got some, I got some PDFs I'd like to share with everybody. Absolutely. I can load them. No problem. Okay, cool. Um, so we can talk about them. Uh, but yeah, hallelujah, brother. That's <laughs> Lord. Where do you want to go with this message tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's start in Daniel chapter nine. This is Daniel praying. Verse 17, therefore, O God, our God, hear the cry and the prayers of your servant. Hear the supplications of your people, Lord, and cause your face to shine upon your sanctuary that is desolate for your sake, O Lord. You know, that's the condition of the living temple right now, Frank. It's desolate. It's been destroyed. You know, most people don't even recognize the temple. You can't tell the difference between the remnant of God and the and those that are appointed to death in the world for the most part. You know, the, the temple has been destroyed. But the Lord is building it again. He is indeed building it again. You know, I think of Job chapter 12, verse 9. In all of these things which happened, it was the hand of the Lord that has wrought all of this. God in his sovereignty has brought us here. God in his sovereignty has ordained this time. And now the Lord in his sovereignty is going to move with mercy to restore the remnant of Israel. And this time of the dedication of, of Hanukkah, the dedication feast that observes really it's sort of amazing because this feast is the feast of the 24th day of the ninth month it's the day that the foundation was laid for the first and the second temple it's also the day when they began the dedication of the second temple and i think this speaks to the fact that now the lord is fast at work he's reminding us that it is his work that is going to raise up the third temple. You remember that prophecy always repeats itself. It's always fulfilled twice. And the reason is every word of truth must be confirmed. 
by two or more witnesses. And God holds his, his own word to the standard that he established. So even the prophetic words of the Lord will be fulfilled in the earth. They'll be witnessed once and then they'll be witnessed yet again. And so when the Lord told the Pharisees, what sign do you, you know will you give us? They said, and he said, I will take this temple and I will destroy it. And in three days, I will build it again. And of course, they thought he was talking about the temple of stone that took 46 years to complete. You know, isn't that an interesting number? 46 is really the number 23 doubled again. Of course, 23 is the number of death. And, you know, everything wrought in the flesh will end in death, right? There's nothing of the flesh that's going to escape this realm. That which is dust is dust. That which is a flesh is flesh. And the end of all flesh has come. That which was wrought of the flesh will end as well. Time for the things of the spirit of God to be made manifest is coming upon the earth. And one of those things is the third temple. And I believe in this time of Hanukkah, this time of the dedication, which Israel looks back to the, the temple where the oil burned for eight days you know god did a miracle in in providing the oil when there was not enough well god's going to do a miracle in the lives of his remnant because we don't have enough oil either and unless the lord provides the oil for us we too will see our lights go out amen this is a time you know for the preparation of the remnant and you know for many it's it's been a time of testing you know the lord first brings you down before he lifts you up we first must be humbled before we can be exalted we first must die unless a seed of corn falls to the ground and dies it will yet abide alone so first we go down before we go up in this kingdom you know and what can we say to these things King David said in Psalm 88, My soul is full of trouble, and my life draws near unto the grave. I'm numbered among them that go down to the pit. I'm a man in whom there is no strength. You have laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness and in the, the deep places of the earth, and thy wrath, it lies hard upon me. You've afflicted me with all of your waves. And my eye mourns by reason of my affliction. Lord, I've called upon you daily, and I stretch out my hands unto thee. You know, the, the soul of the righteous cries out to God in the midst of even the most severe affliction. And we pass through that dark night of the soul until the Lord comes bringing times of renewal and refreshing. Frank, that is what is ahead. The day of vengeance is in my heart, said the king. And the year of my redeemed is about to come. Well, the year of redemption is nigh at hand. The year for the third temple to be finished. Torn down and three years of testing to complete the rebuilding of this temple in which the Lord will fill an anointed remnant of his people with an anointing without measure. And the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. 
says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace. Hallelujah. If there's one thing that is in short supply today, it is the peace that passes understanding. The world used to give a false peace. I don't believe there's any peace at all anymore for the children of the flesh. Theirs is merely a time of contention. Many offended, hating one another. The least word, the least act, offending. But in the house of the righteous, the peace, the shalom of the Lord will come. Spirit of God brings the spirit of peace and the joy and the favor of God. In the house of the Lord, the latter house will be greater than the former. And I will give peace unto this place, says the Lord. And in the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came unto Haggai, the prophet. That's the first day of Hanukkah, Frank. That is the very first day of the season of dedication. Amen. And the very first thing the Lord said to Haggai was concerning the priests and the law. If one bare holy flesh in the skirt of his garment and it, and it touches anything else, Shall it become holy? And the answer is no. That which is consecrated in the flesh can, can bless nothing. It itself is holy. But it will not impart its holiness to anything else. And if one that is unclean touch any of these things, shall they become unclean? And the answer is yes. It's the sin that is contagious. It is the curse that devours the earth. And then the Lord said to Haggai, so is this people, and so is this nation before me, says the Lord. And so is every work of their hand. Everything which they offer there is unclean. All of the deeds of the flesh are unclean. All of the works of the law are unclean. If they be done under the law of the flesh, only that which is done under the law of the Spirit is acceptable now before the temple of the Lord. And so that was the situation of Israel as the temple was being rebuilt. This was the time when the temple, they were laying the foundation yet again. And on the very same day, they finished it, 46 years later. And then the Lord said, now consider this, from this day, from the 24th day of the ninth month, even from the day that the very foundation of the temple of stone was laid, consider it. Is there yet seed in the barn? Is there yet the vine and the fig tree, pomegranate and the olive tree? And yet they have not brought forth unto you. There was no fruit in the land. It was season of winter. And yet the Lord said, from this day forward, I will bless you. Praise God. In the midst of winter, the death of all things of the flesh, God has declared life, blessing, and prosperity of the Spirit of God unto the chosen remnant that he will now call unto himself. 
Scripture continues, speak unto Zerubbabel, governor of Judah. And of course, Zerubbabel means the one who came out of Babylon, the remnant that came out of Babylon, governor, Mashal of the tribe of Judah, the one who will exercise the authority of the king. Speak unto them, saying, I, the Lord, am about to shake the heaven and the earth, and I will overthrow kingdoms of men. And I will destroy the strength of their kingdoms of the heathen. I will overthrow their chariots and those that ride therein. Both the horses and their riders shall be thrown down, everyone by the sword of his brother. And that's the war that's coming. That's when the red horse breaks forth completely upon the earth, taking war from everyone, taking peace from the land, bringing war to everyone who walks in the flesh. And in that day, saith the Lord, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, for you are my servant, the son of Shiltiel, says the Lord, and I'll make you as a signet, for I have chosen you, saith the Lord. And that word Zerubbabel, descendant, a descendant of Babylon, an Israelite who came forth out of Babylon, and that word for, I will make you as a signet, it's the word hanatia, a seal or a signet ring. And it literally means that which is used to attest or to bear witness of royal authority. It's the signet ring of the king in which he puts his mark of ownership on property and that which is under his authority. It's the sign of the authority of Almighty God. Anything with the mark of the king is precious and holy. And this mark will be made in the spirit unto that which is the property of the Lord, in which the Lord says, I will protect that which is mine. His name and his seal placed in their foreheads, even as the beast will mark the flesh of his Servants who are sealed unto death and destruction. So Almighty God is now going to seal with a signet ring. An engraving into the foreheads of his people. Writing both his name and his seal. The signet is pressed down. Hallelujah. Sealing up that which is of the Lord. Song of Solomon reads, Set me as a seal upon thy heart and as a seal on thy arm. For love is as strong as death, jealous, jealousy as cruel as the grave, and the coals thereof are the very coals of fire, which has the most vehement flame. And the breath of the Lord does set them ablaze. So here the Lord is putting a seal on his people, the same seal that is upon his own heart and the seal that he has upon his arm. God's love is stronger than death. His jealousy, more ferocious than the grave. And the breath of the Lord as coals of fire is about to set the world ablaze. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, declaring, I will shake the heavens and the earth. 
you know, Frank, I think back to um, when I got this, this scripture, which really was the first day of Hanukkah. I, I got all this poured out onto me by, by the Spirit in a time of powerful prayer. And I thought back to when I was going to school in Jerusalem and, and I was making a oral presentation in my history of Zionism class. And I was talking about the first Aliyah, the return to the land of the children of God. And, and after providing a summary of the events, and the first Aliyah was in, in so many ways, like, like so many other of our great inventions in the flesh. I mean, from the outside looking in, it looked pretty much like a failure. Most of the people returned back to Europe in defeat. The ones that stayed barely survived. They were they were buffeted by, by every problem you could imagine. They had no idea of the customs or the or the agricultural requirements of a strange land. They encountered strange diseases. Every one of them got deathly sick when they first made it to the land. Starvation and, and suffering, hardship, and, and, and the alienation of a totally different land confronted them. Yet a small remnant of them survived. And, and today they are considered the early pioneers, the, the heroes of the of the state of Israel, the early settlers who came battling the elements, hostile local population, and against all odds, began to carve out a refuge in Zion for the people of God to come. And so too in the spirit, the remnant today doesn't look victorious. And many who are called to be in the remnant, your life doesn't really show the victory that's about to be revealed by the power of heaven. God is about to shake the heavens and the earth. And Frank, as I was finishing my presentation, I, I made the comment that I had found a, a scripture verse in the Bible that I thought spoke of the first Aliyah. And it, and it also speaks of the, um, the work that God is about to do in his remnant people as well. And um, let me find it. Yes, here it is. It's in this text of Zechariah chapter four. And I and I read unto them, I said, let me share a scripture that I think speaks to the first Aliyah event. This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And who are you, O great mountain of Satan, before Zerubbabel, before my remnant, shall become a plain? And the Lord shall bring forth the cornerstone, shouting, Grace, grace unto it. And moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hand of Zerubbabel has laid this foundation of this house. And he did. Zerubbabel was there to lay the foundation of the second temple, to, to measure the cornerstone, that it be square and that the lines be straight. His hand shall also finish the house. So one such as Zerubbabel will also be there to observe the finishing of the third temple. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. For who has despised the day of small beginnings? And they shall rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. And Frank, 
as I read those words, you shall know that the Lord has sent me unto you. There was a massive earthquake in Jerusalem. Oh, wow. The whole building started shaking. The power of God hit the building. The professor who was 75 years old and retiring at the end of the term literally jumped into the air from his desk and started shouting, this is a spiritual moment. And the students said to me, what just happened? Power hit this room. Power had fallen from on high and Jerusalem had shaken. Seven mountains of Jerusalem were shaking, Frank. So the Lord is once again going to shake the heavens and the earth. Brother, that was 10 years ago mm. next spring. Wow. I know. And that was just a little testament. And the professor said to me, how did you know about this Bible verse? How did you know? And I'm like, well, I don't, what do you mean, how did I know? How did you know that it was part of the first Aliyah? It wasn't in the book. I said, well, I just thought it was the appropriate verse. Frank, it turns out that that scripture verse in Zechariah was the verse. Don't despise the small beginnings. That was the scripture verse for all of the promotional material for the first Aliyah. All over Europe, there were, there were posters and there were brochures handed out in all the synagogues encouraging people to consider joining the first Aliyah and beginning to come back to the land of the forefathers. And, and they even turned it into a song in the early settlers when they worked the land in Eretz Israel for the first time in the latter end of the 19th century, the beginning of the 20th century. They sang that verse in the land of Israel, Frank. Amen. I, God I, is about to shake the mountains. Benjamin, I had heard, and I don't know if you may be studying this, but I had heard that at one point when they first came back, because they had kind of lost, you know, the original Hebrew had been, you know, intermixed with other you know, languages that they had refused. I can't remember the name of the people, but they had refused one or two of them to talk to each other until they could only speak in Hebrew. And, um, you know, recovering the language, it was, it's really powerful folks. Um, I, 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 it's been a while since I've studied some of this, but, uh, how God brought back the language to the land too. Um, oh, absolutely. really powerful. Sorry, brother. Go ahead. No, that's no, you're good, bro. Not only was the language lost, but when the several scholars, and I, I'm not recalling the gentleman's name at the moment. Um, began to do the work to basically document modern Hebrew from based on the biblical Hebrew that existed in the in the scrolls. Frank, the religious leaders persecuted him viciously. Wow! They thought it would be blasphemy if the common people would speak again the sacred language of the Torah. You know, and it's like. Sounds like the Catholic Church. Okay. It sounds like the religious people today. Yeah. Yeah, the um the father of the modern state of Israel is um Theodore Herzl. He spent his entire life trying to organize the the return to the land and and he was he was the opening speaker at the first Zionist Congress which took place in Switzerland, I think around 1906. And um, when Herzl stood up, the, 
the delegates gave him a standing ovation and they wouldn't stop for 30 minutes. They wouldn't stop. And his, his work was, was never really um, helped at all by the rich. It was, it was the common people that gave all the money that did all the work that, that gave out of their own need towards the work of the Lord. And, and the rich would have none of it. They Rather, they mocked him. Why would they want to leave Germany, they said. We're good Germans. For what possible reason would Jews want to move out of Germany, right? Gee, I don't know. What do you think, Frank? Yeah. Would a Jew ever have a reason to leave Germany in the early 1900s? No, why? It's too, you're comfortable there. Come on. Your family's there. Your house is there. Your business is there. Why would you ever want to walk away from all the pleasure that you have, all the success, all the prosperity, the convenience? I mean, all of that is right at your fingertips. Why would you ever turn and and leave, right? I, I just can't help but point the ironic parallels Folks, it's historically documented. The Jews were warned in Germany to leave, but they couldn't imagine this happening. The Christians in America have been warned, but they can't imagine that this could ever happen. God is always faithful. He never does anything of his secret, does, does any of his secret things unless he first reveals them unto his servants, the prophets. He sends warnings, folks. He's doing the same thing now. He did it back then. He always does. Unfortunately, too often people do not listen. Well, you know, the um, I love the writings of the early rabbis, uh, Rabbi Alkali, for one, whose book we we studied in the history of Zionism and and um this man was anointed. He was, the words he wrote were anointed by the Spirit of God. And he talked about several types of return. That before Israel could return to the land, we first had to return to the Lord. And so too today, before we can leave Babylon, America physically, we got to leave mentally. We got to leave spiritually. And in this time of the consecration of the living temple, which is what God is about to rebuild, we got to decide, what are we going to do? Are we going to keep listening to the entertainment, you know, to the witches of Netflix? By the way, all the executives, they're all women. They all go look up their photograph in the cover of Fortune magazine. They're all Wiccans. It's all evil now. Are you willing to walk away from the entertainment of Babylon? Or, you know, do you just want to keep watching the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Games? Which, by the way, the I don't know if you saw the video, Frank, of um, the Commonwealth Games on Tim Cohen's program, the guy that wrote the Antichrist in the Cup yes, of Yes, I saw him. It was absolutely disgusting and unbelievable. Well, you know, the the final closing ceremony of the game, of those games, the, the, the closing act for that ceremony that night, which was totally satanic, was Black Sabbath 
doing their rendition. Ozzy Osbourne and the and the members of what is the reconstituted Black Sabbath band singing Iron Man, and it was so satanic. And one of the commentators noted Ozzy's got Parkinson's, can't even hardly make a complete sentence anymore. Yet when he gets on stage, some other power overtakes him. And he can sing perfectly every lyric to the song. And well, the face of this guy, absolute pure satanic evil. You know, and he's in the last throes of his servitude to the beast before he's thrown into the lake of fire for eternity. And, you know, so why would we want to come out of this stuff? Right, Frank? Yeah. Well, because if we don't, we're going to die. Because if we don't, we're going to lose our lives in the flesh. And I'm, I'm not talking about losing your salvation. I'm just talking about if you stay in the outer court of compromise, it's scheduled for burning. And it's going to be burned completely to the ground. It'll be trampled under by the Gentiles. And everyone that dwells therein will die. You know, you've got to you've got to move. Your life has got to move to the secret dwelling place of the Lord. It's described in Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret hiding place of the Lord, he will be protected all through the day. You know, the, the modern charismatic church, you know, these guys are so confused. I don't know where all their nonsense came from, but, you know, it's it's the make-believe faith. It's the extend and pretend, and one day it might even be real. You know, well, let's just claim Psalm 91. You can't claim Psalm 91. You either dwell in the secret hiding place of the Lord, or you do not. You have either come out of Babylon emotionally, spiritually, mentally, or you have not. You are either still smoking marijuana or you are not. You are either still getting drunk in the Saturnalia parties of the wicked or you are not. You are either still committing all of the sins of Babylon or you are not. What you declare means nothing. If your declaration is not true, it is false. And it only makes you a liar before the throne of God. We have to choose to come out. Amen. The time of choosing is now. And quite candidly, what is there left to desire of the world? And exactly. Me want to puke. I mean, seriously. How's that retirement plan looking? <laughs> yeah. Um, Awfully warm. It looks like the whole thing's going to be smoking in about eight to ten months, Frank. You know, it's amazing because, you know, let's just talk about the eclipses for a minute. Let's talk about the signs and the stars for a minute. There were a series of tetrads, which are four blood moons, a consecutive full lunar eclipses that occur consecutively on the high holy days of Passover Sukkot, Passover Sukkot. There have been eight of them in 2000 years, three of them in the last 500. The first 1948-49, referencing the state of Israel's birth and warning of the soon conquest by the Chaldean satanic deep state that would begin to basically lead the nation to, to ruin. The second was in 1967-68, 
an exclamation mark in the heavens for the return of Jerusalem and a warning that the commandment to restore Jerusalem was about to be issued by the Knesset and that the countdown of the final seven weeks of Bible prophecy was about to begin. And then the third one in 2014 and 2015. And then following that, there was a triad in 2016, or pardon me, 2017, 2018, and then another tetrad in 2021 and 2022. Basically, perfectly, perfectly parallel and perfect symmetry. Now, the tetrad of 21 and 22, one of the four eclipses was only 97%. So you can dismiss it if you wish. But a perfect tetrad. And, and the two tetrad series, 15, 16, 21, 22, pardon me, 14, 15, and 21, 22, bookmarked on either side by a perfect hybrid solar eclipse, an H3 hybrid solar eclipse of which there have only been eight in 2,000 years. All these events pointing to the year 2023. God's warning, three successive warnings that something's come, something changed in the world. And what's amazing, Frank, is if you look at, if you use the Fibonacci mathematics, the tetrads of 67, 68, 40, 48, 49 are a perfect high ratio to the events of 2023. So we're here, brothers and sisters. These days have come upon us. We're in the final season of making ready. Those of you that are born again and that actually you know really know the Lord um, and are not just Pretending, um, those of you who know how to pray, I would encourage you to seek the Lord with all diligence now, in this time and as we race into the into the coming new year, because we're not going to get far before one crisis after another hits us in the new year. I mean, if you think about it, 2020 was the 70th year of America Babylon. And, and the very first thing that happened was the release, was the release of a bioweapon. <laughs> well, no, I'm sorry. Forgive me. A bat flew into the soup of, of a um, someone having lunch in a wet market in Wuhan, China. That was the original story. Do you remember that? A bat flew into the soup. And... Um, then no, then it changed into well, you know, maybe it was a, um, maybe it was an accidental release, right? Well, in truth, China's economy was hemorrhaging. Um, there were four hundred thousand Chinese students studying abroad in twenty nineteen, and all of the wealthy foreigners in China were traveling international. 
$400 billion a year was being spent by Chinese citizens outside the country, all of it in dollars. And China was actually hemorrhaging cash. At the same time, in late 2019, the Hong Kong protests were growing out of control. Then suddenly, as if magically, a bat flew into a bowl of soup. Or there was a virus that just accidentally got released. And that magic virus appeared just in time, solving both of those problems for China and allowing the nation, the shadow government in the West to begin the lockdown and the deconstruction of the private businesses in the Western democracies. And then to push the nations to a mandated medical therapy for the flu, which now as, as, um, what was it Ed Dowd said? Um, the proof is in, and it's massive. This has now been uncovered. It's beyond any reasonable doubt. This was a crime, and, and it's far from over. So we've had, you know, the bat hit the windshield, and now we've we've intentionally wrecked the car and, and what's left. In a very real and objective sense, the Third World War has already begun. It began with silent and secret weapons used, prepared brilliantly for the silent phase of the beginning of the war. But World War III is about to get very loud soon. So we need to all prepare. But remember what the scripture said, not by might, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The third temple will be built by the spirit of God. It'll be finished by the hand of the Lord. We get to decide if we want to participate. But there's no more halting between two opinions. We either go all in with God or, well, enjoy your last few days in the outer court. God bless you guys. Yes. Amen. And folks, what, you know, a lot of people thought, and listen, when the first time I heard Benjamin say that this was a bioweapon, it kind of took, it, it set me back. I'm not going to lie. I was like, wow, that's bold. And I was like, I don't know if I want to, I can agree with that quite yet. Well, brother, um, that's now been admitted on news, national news. So, uh, you know, you were right. Um, I was hesitant at first, but you were exactly right. Because that was extreme. The very first turn, like as soon as it came out, Benjamin's like, this is a bioweapon. And I was like, wow. Well, it was proved. Yes, it actually is. Well, there's a scripture that says that, the, you know, the the spiritual man shall be considered insane. The <laughs> truth is so contrary to the propaganda paradigms. You mean yep. the man in the white coat with the serpent on his sleeve isn't here to, for your help? <laughs> yeah. No, I you're, you're absolutely right. So, I, I you know. And and you notice, folks, that the whole if this is an attack against us who believe in biblical reproduction, have you noticed what do they want to do? They want to stop fertility. They want to stop us through these injections of having more children. They want to have the respect for marriage or defend whatever it is act now, which provides all kinds of protection for those who would go against the very law of God against nature itself, but no protection for us that believe in traditional values in the right way. It is attack against us who would desire to create in God's image. It is attack against creation. 
itself. Oh yeah. And it's the days of Lot. And Jesus said two things, the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Folks, I don't know how much more evidence we need. But when drag queens have taken over, I just saw a thing now, you know, I'm not a, I don't do Christmas, but when I I I just saw a thing about the drag queen Christmas something some state person whatever i mean everything is so gross now and i'm so sick of it honestly at this point you're better to just turn off this news just get in the word follow the lord yes we need to keep up with kind of what's going on but everything's just getting to where it's every single thing we hear is so perverted and so disgusting and so gross and and i i don't know it's like i don't know what else god needs to do to try to get our attention. Um, well, I know what he's going to do. And I, I, I don't want to wait till that moment. Okay. The day of the Lord, the, the second coming, the, the Lord's return, it comes as a thief in the night only to those who are not watching. That's why he told us to watch. So that doesn't come upon us like that. We need to be awake, brother. Thank you for tonight's message. It is a wake up call, brother. Well, we really are down to the proverbial wire, if you think of it. I mean, we there's not another year to waste. And, you know, I think of uh, Jeremiah and Baruch, his scribe. They, you know, they had the unpleasant task of warning the people of Israel 2,500 years ago. For 23 years, they preached and Based on the record, uh, it does not appear that anyone actually listened. Although maybe there are, there were a few. There's no evidence that that any even one soul repented. You know, and here we are at the end of the age. Same things repeating itself. Frank, I and I was shown what's coming in in the fall of '96, and and I ended up publishing the the book, "The Day of the Lord Is at Hand," and the in the fall of 98, but I didn't go on national tour till the summer of 1999 when I was speaking all over the country. And that's really when all of the the radio and, and the national appearances started to happen. And, and, you know, if the same 23 year warning applied, then um, the 23 years would be up. Well, they will end next summer. Well, time for the judgment, brother. uh, Yeah. And folks, if you haven't heard and brother, we've talked about doing a part three to this, which I think we should. But if you have not heard Benjamin's testimony, the good grief series, there's two of them out there. um, You that's some that's a remnant call. Absolute must listen. Of all the shows we've done, Um, that is part of Benjamin's story his conversion which as far as i know had never been has never been told in two programs to that much detail ever before now i've known it because i've known benjamin since 1999 and i've heard it you know in bits and pieces but we finally brought it all together in two episodes and brother you were talking the other day about maybe we need to dig in a little even a little more into a third one uh which may be something we got to do, but folks, you've got to go back and hear this message of the calling. And it's not always easy. It's, it's not always a bed of rose petals. 
Um, yeah, right. Like the opposite, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So and I didn't choose my testimony, man. It chose me. And, uh, you know, I, I, some people accuse me of lying, you know, like I made these things up and I mean, first of all, why would I do that would be stupid, you know, for what benefit, you know, there's, there would be nothing to gain from, from lying and, and everything to lose because all liars end in the lake of fire. You know, it's one sin where in Revelation 19, Jesus said, you know, the, the murderers, the adulterers, the sorcerers, and all of the liars. So, you know, anybody out there struggling with still being a liar? Well, you know, if you're still lying, you're on the list of all liars. And guess where you're headed? I would suggest you change directions quickly. But, you know, not one of those stories. And Frank, I look back and I can see why people would say, well, and I can't believe this. You know, I mean, if I didn't live it, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't believe it either. Uh, but the funny thing is, Frank, there's more that I didn't tell mm. than what's been shared on those programs. I mean, yeah. you know, my whole life has been like this stuff. And and all I can say is the second half of of the Jubilee of God is about to begin. You know, the second Jubilee, the missing Jubilee of Daniel 9. You know, Daniel 9, 24 to 27, 49 years. That's 10 jubilees, eight of them in the 62 weeks, one in the final seven. And wait a minute, we're missing a final jubilee, the other half of the jubilee. You know, the law of jubilee was given to Israel in the flesh, and it related to the basically restoring people's legal rights in the natural slaves set free foreclosed property redeemed debts canceled it was all about restoring people in the flesh but the flesh profits nothing the true jubilee that's a, a shadow of the great and final jubilee in which god is going to restore his people spiritually in which our debt to sin will be removed from our life and I, I know some are going to argue with me, Jesus already forgave. Yeah, he did. But that didn't stop Satan from hindering and blinding and deceiving the vast majority of the church and rendering it powerless today. And what's my proof? Just look outside. Look at the world. Look at the state of the country. This is an annihilation that's occurring. But God is about to deliver us from our slavery in the spirit. And he's going to restore us. We are the purchased possessions that are going to be restored to the original rightful owner, which is the Lord. The second greater jubilee is a jubilee in the spirit in which the people of God are restored to their full and rightful relationship with God in which all power of Satan is crushed in their lives, in which they are healed, in which they are set free, and in which they are totally delivered, and in which everything Satan stole from you is given back to you. Amen. And that's what's coming. That's the year of my redeemed. When the Lord said, the, the day of vengeance is in my heart. What day is that? That's the day of the Lord. And the year of my redeemed has come. That's the second, the greater redemption, the glory of the latter house that will be greater than the former. And guess when that comes? 25 years after the last jubilee. 25 is the number of half of a jubilee. The other half of the jubilee is in 2023. Now, could we be off a year? 
I doubt it, but it's possible. We're walking this through, you know, we know in part. I thought the 70th year of Babylon would bring the immediate judgment. I didn't realize the judgment would occur over three years, but so it has. Even as the Lord is rebuilding his church, he's rebuilding his living temple, which was destroyed, and now he's rebuilding it during the three years of judgment, will come forth purified by fire on the other end of this war. And the war is everything, everything in the world is pointing to this war occurring next year. And um, we can get into that in another program, but I would just encourage everybody, this is it, brothers and sisters. We've been running a race. You know, it's been a marathon for many of us. It's been it's been a, a running a race that has lasted for decades, but the finish line is in view. Amen. Put your head down, focus, and and find whatever strength you have in the Spirit of God and race towards the finish, my friends, because the day of our redemption is drawing near. Hallelujah. Amen. Folks, what a more appropriate time. Hanukkah, dedication will bring restoration. It's true. Dedicate and God will restore. But it starts first with surrendering, giving everything to him. Rededicating your temple to the Lord. Folks, get, Brother Benjamin has been calling for 20-some years now. Come out of her, my people. And folks, there are those that have listened. There are those that won't. And, and you can't convert everybody. But the truth is we are all going to be either standing with Jesus or without on Judgment Day. And if you're without, it will be your own fault. Because the Lord has done every single thing possible to get your attention. Folks, allow these last days to be the greatest times of ministry of your entire life by allowing the Lord to prepare you for the hour that is coming upon this earth so that we can be useful in the closing hours of earth's history. Brother, thank you for what you've shared tonight. Folks, I want to encourage you to keep looking up because it won't be long. Your Savior will be coming down to get his people. If you not listen to Good Grief 1 and 2 on the Remnant Call, go back and find them. They're must-listen to. Brother, God bless you, and thank you for everything you've shared tonight. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, someday.